0: Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane.
1: And I'm Rick Gromlick. What's up, baby? Not much. We got a new studio going here.
0: Yeah, we do. New, new space, location.
1: New locale.
0: This is nice. I know. Right? Classy office. Feels a little more professional. Yeah, it does.
1: We are currently in my uh father-in-law um stepfather-in-law, I guess that'd be yeah, yeah. his office. Be right. Got a lot of OSU memorabilia. Um, he's an OSU guy, OSU grad. It's beautiful. He's got a lot of signatures. So, yeah, man, how's your week?
0: Uh, Good week. Yeah. Work was fine. Anything new? Um, They announced the promotion.
1: Yeah. Hey, so. listen, Rob is now the CEO and president of yeah. uh, Manpower Incorporated. So, he's ranking in those six figures.
0: Uh, CEO actually gets seven. So,
1: he's ranking in those seven figures. Yeah. Rob, you are stacked.
0: Actually, CEO may get eight. No. He may make over 10 mil.
1: I mean, if you made 10 mil, he'd be of seven.
0: No, that'd be eight. Is that true? There's six zeros after it, and 10 is a two-digit number. Well, then 11. Maybe yeah, but if it's over 10, then it's an eight-digit.
1: Mm, I'm lost. It's eight figures. Okay, yeah, cool. Nine
0: figures is a billion. How much you making? Not anywhere close to either of those.
1: <laughs> you don't want to talk about how you... You didn't get a raise, though. It's legit. It's a, yeah, it's very... Hey, can you give your title? Give us your small. title. It sounds pretty good. Come on, come this is on, not Rob. The
0: po- it's market manager. Oh yeah, manager yeah. of markets. Manage anyway, markets. so you had a good
1: week. Got a promotion. Do they give a speech? Do you give a speech? Nah, Party? No. Party? Cocktails? Cigars? Nope. Any nope. of that stuff? Okay. Rob doesn't drink or smoke cigars, so that's good. Um, because he's in the SBC.
0: <laughs> I'm taking classes currently, so can't partake in alcohol. At the moment, that's all right. Which is unfortunate, but I know. I will go by the rules.
1: Hey, today is a special episode for a couple reasons. One, it is officially our 50th um, episode. It's
0: our 50th episode title. Well. Because we've, done, we've like, done bonus episodes, yeah, so it's but, not the 50th episode we've released. Yeah, it's but it's like the 50th number 50. show, more or less. Yeah.
1: 50th. And we were thinking, hey, what do we want to do for our 50th episode? It's got to be special. got to be someone we um, like. We're going to bring in a guest. I
0: was going to say, you did that a little bit backwards. Right,
1: we brought in a guest. It had to be someone we liked. There you go. And we thought, man, who could we bring in?
0: And we couldn't find anybody that we nobody, liked. Nobody. Nobody. So we Al brought Moore in, said,
1: "Yeah." He said, "Yes." We're like, "Eh, no thanks, Al." Yeah. Um, who else said they wanted to come on?
0: Russell Moore. Russell. David O'Russ. Platt was begging to come the, on. The emails. Yeah. Did you, give Maddie him my, Chan? Did you
1: give him my private number? Because he was like blowing no. up my phone. Was he?
0: No. Classic. Anyway,
1: David. hey, we do have a special guest in studio with us, and uh, it's a good friend of mine, James Victor Alexander the Third, Jimmy Alexander. Jim. Um. He's another local guy from Knox County, grew up in Centerbrook. He can tell you more about his story, but uh, it's been a pleasure for me to get to know Jimmy. Jimmy and I, and with another guy, Ron Wallace, and our wives are church planting together in Mount Vernon, and so um, it's just special, one, to have him on the podcast and hear his story, but also just to be a good friend and to do life with Jimmy. So Jimmy, welcome to the show. Glad to have you, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Hopefully, uh, Rob and I haven't scared you off. Um, Not yet. We're super professional here, so we expect the same from our guest. Anyway, yeah, man, so welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, my
2: name's Jimmy uh, Alexander. I'm 26 years old. Uh, as Rick said, I'm church planning uh, with him and a guy named Ron yes. and their uh, wonderful wives. Uh, currently, I attend a vineyard church, uh, which I will be um, transitioning out of in April. Also, I am starting a ministry here in town. Yes that will house uh, men coming out of addiction uh, who are willing to uh, give their life to to
0: Christ.
1: Yeah, and we want to get into that, kind of hear more about your ministry, what you're doing there, as we kind of get into some of your testimony.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to say, what's the name of the ministry?
1: Lazarus Life Ministries. Lazarus Life. So, tell us about um, your walk with the Lord. Mm -hmm. You you kind of have a—I said this when we were praying before, but like— all of our stories, if we're in Christ, we have been redeemed, we've been regenerated, we're equally guilty, we've committed equal sin, violated God's law. Equally dead. Equally dead in our sin. Yeah. And so when, you know, someone who's grown up in the church and someone who's never been in church, either one, typically we th- see those as drastic lifestyles. But if you're walking without Christ, it's the same. Um, and so in that sense, very, very true sense, God has redeemed, regenerated all of our lives here. But your testimony is a little bit different in that you have gone some different routes and the Lord has, has really brought you out. Um some more dramatic things have happened. And I just want you to share some of that with our listeners and kind of your testimony, what God's done in your life.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh so growing up, uh I grew up in Centerburg, Ohio, small town just south of Mount Vernon. I was a casual churchgoer. Mm-hmm. Uh my parents just casually, maybe once, maybe twice a month, attended church. I always grew up thinking I was Christian. Okay. Um, and it was it was more kind of a James 2 faith. Um, and
1: what do you mean by James 2 faith?
2: It wasn't a saving faith. It was just okay. strictly mental. Um, I wanted to go to heaven, but I also wanted to be my own God. I okay. wanted my own independent desire. Um, I wanted the benefits of Christianity, but I didn't want Christ to be my Lord. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about lordship salvation over yeah. dinner and how you... So it sounds like you kind of... Did you actually like make a profession of faith at that point? But you were wanting Jesus more so as your savior, but you weren't ready to submit to Him as Lord. Y- yes. What? So
2: um, it, it was more of I, I I wanted to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I didn't want Christ to be my Lord. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To, to truly be my
1: savior. Right. Hmm. Yeah. That's how you grew up. I mean, through <laughs> high school, all, all through your life, more or less. I yeah. Mean,
2: when did that change? Yeah. Well. Uh, just from that reality um claiming to be christian but not truly christian uh in early on in my life i began to pursue uh drugs um sex uh early on at an early age in middle school Uh, i was also molested when i was younger Mm -hmm. um, which caused just a lot of a lot of insecurity a lot of uh just pain hurt hatred anger rage uh things like that and so throughout middle school even though I, i i took on the title of a Christian, I uh, did a lot of bad things. Um, even early on, um, I was stealing from people, I was hurting people, I was constantly looking for things that could satisfy me. And I tried to find that in all the, the wrong areas. And so uh, I pursued drugs, and it just got worse. Uh, I tried to pursue uh, relationships with uh, unhealthy relationships with, with women, and things got worse. Uh, even tried sports thinking maybe that could fill um, some give me some sort of purpose in life uh, and i even became a state wrestler in high school mm-hmm. uh, and still i still was was spiritually dead uh mm-hmm. still searching uh still without purpose
0: yeah
1: when you when you went through those things you kept talking about how you're looking for satisfaction were you going into those things thinking this i hope this satisfies me or Hey, this popped up and it just consumes my attention. You know, was it just every kind of fad and everything you just popped in trying to be happy there? I mean, were you shifting friend groups at that time and how did all that play out?
2: Yeah, it, a little bit of both. Yeah, uh, I would say mostly I was searching yeah. um, and because I was just completely dictated by my sin nature yeah. Um I, I constantly was looking for something, kind of like uh, Ecclesiastes. Uh, is there anything in the world yeah. that can that can truly make me happy? Truly make me fulfilled? Uh, and so uh, this led me to a to a crazy path of destruction. And in high school, I was addicted to uh, marijuana, alcohol. I was addicted to painkillers. Um, I started the the first drug I used was a I snorted a pill, and uh, I remember. Uh, just the temporary pleasure that it gave me. It mm-hmm. didn't last, but but it helped me just escape. Yeah. Um, and so I started on this this terrible cycle of addiction in high school. And uh, after graduating high school in 2011, uh, I actually had a scholarship for wrestling. Uh, I decided to give my whole life to to drugs, mm. and to sell drugs. And so uh, I got an apartment in Centerburg. Um, got a lot of my friends hooked to drugs. Uh, began selling drugs, uh, began robbing people to support my habit, and uh, things just completely got worse for me. Um, I, I ended up getting in trouble with the law, uh, started getting misdemeanors, I even have a felony, and uh, my life just completely spun out of control. And I began uh, seeing some of my friends die mm-hmm. from drugs, mm-hmm. um, even. Even as a drug dealer, I had a lot of shame and guilt because of the drugs I sold they would overdose on. And so that, that started to um, bring a lot of guilt also mm-hmm. in my life. I got uh, even certain family members of mine addic- addicted to drugs. And so that was uh, really hard for me to, to go through that. And I, I tried to find help at, at some point. Um, I lost my apartment. Uh, I ended up getting caught uh, robbing uh, my grandma's all their jewelry, um, mm-hmm. sold my mom's wedding ring. Uh, got a, my, my girlfriend at the time went and robbed her parents, and uh, everyone knew. And so they kind of had an intervention, family had an intervention. Mm-hmm. They ended up sending me to a, a, a rehab up, up in California for 45 days. And so I, I was there for 45 days sober, uh, but I didn't see the benefit of being sober and still not having purpose. It mm-hmm. just did not make sense to me. Yeah. Uh, so that,
1: that started. It's to a really get... interesting piece there. Yeah. We, as a society, we think sobriety is everything, mm-hmm. but it's it's not. There has to be a purpose. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I, w- I would say then the wheels started turning kind of in my head. Um, uh, I, I moved back and I relapsed. Uh, moved into a to an, another apartment. End up losing it. And at this point, I ended up going homeless on the streets of Columbus, uh, living out of a car. And so I was living out of a car in Columbus, and this, this went on for about a year. Uh, and again, to support my habit, I was robbing people. Um, I started using harder drugs such as methamphetamines, heroin, um, just man-made chemicals and drugs. And I, be, I began to lose sense of reality uh, because, of my, because of the drugs I was using. Um, I didn't know what was real and what wasn't real, and this led to uh, just being suicidal. Yeah. And wanting to end my life, and I think the lie I believed at the time was uh, that that if I killed myself, the torment would go away.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You, you
1: share with me some of that um, in the midst of the drugs and stuff, the addiction, the the demonic reality mm-hmm. of that stuff. Um, I know you're not finished with your story, but touch as you're kind of sharing your life here. Talk about how just the demon possession strongholds and and how it's not simply just a chemical imbalance or, or chemicals in your body that then make you hallucinate. I mean, that's true, but there's a, there's a spiritual aspect here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I remember using drugs and people telling me that I would do crazy things like bark, bark like a dog. I would, I would grind my teeth until my, my mouth would bleed, mm-hmm. um, all types of crazy things that, that I had no recollection of. And, of course, um, there is a real chemical um, that that can cause that type of behavior, but uh, it really wasn't until I started looking in the Bible, uh, this is after I came to Christ, um, that I realized that drugs is actually, throughout the Bible, it's just associated with the words witchcraft and sorcery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, looking back on that now, absolutely, um, there is a real demonic influence in drugs. Uh, and that's that's pretty... It's pretty common throughout yeah. drug addiction. And I run into that a lot as I work and minister with drug addicts. Yeah.
1: So so you're in Columbus. Life's, I mean, shattered. You tried to rehab. That didn't work. Sobriety didn't work. You, you begin thinking, am just going to kill myself. I'm going to end it. We're done here. You know, what happens?
2: Yeah. So I I came to a point in my life where I was really poor in spirit. Yeah. And, and by that, I mean just completely out of resources. I realized that rehabs can't help me. The law can't change my heart. I realized that I have, there's something in my being that's twisted and perverted and wrong. I want to do the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone had left me at this point, my girlfriend, my family, and, and I was all alone. I even lost my car I was living out of. And I, I just came to a point where uh, death was so appetizing. Hmm. I, I want to die. Hmm. That is that is what i want and in my my thinking process and and beginning to act on that mm. uh, that is when god intervened for the for the first real time god tangibly mm-hmm. intervened in my life in that moment and it was a good moment because i was completely out of resources mm. completely out of resources and so in my in my pursuit of of committing suicide uh it was just a still small voice um i can't really explain it it was just I, I knew it was God speaking to me. And I just remember uh him telling me, uh, Jimmy, where are you? Mm. And I remember crying out and I I was on the street and I just said, Lord, help me. Lord, just just help me. And that's that's all I said. I was just like, Lord, I, I can't do this. Mm. Help me. And it wasn't until a week later, uh, God started helping me and he brought people my way. Uh my mom randomly found me. Uh mm really by the providence of God, found me on the streets randomly. And
1: was she looking for you?
2: She was. Yeah. Yeah, She was looking for me and she found me, brought me home. And uh, I was still using drugs at this time. And when I was home, they, they gave me the option. um, Hey, Jimmy, we know this discipleship programs called Teen Challenge down Cincinnati. We want you to go there. Mm -hmm. We, We really think this would be beneficial for you. And, uh, I remember my dad uh, telling me, he was like, Jimmy, you know, I, I strongly believe this is where you're supposed to go. And it, it was just confirmation that that I knew that's where I'm supposed to go. And so it was the hardest decision of my life because my, my heart was so torn. Yeah. It was like, I don't want to leave this lifestyle, but I do want to leave this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I want to use drugs, but I don't want to use drugs. Right. And mm-hmm. it was just this war in my heart. And I remember just making the decision, yes, I'll do it. And there was just kind of like a release. Mm -hmm. of just stepping out and saying yes i'll do it so i i go to teen challenge
0: okay so hold on here let's let's just put a time out here so but from the time that you full-fledged you said you graduated high school in 2011 and then you wanted to give your life over to selling drugs from that time until you say yes to teen challenge how much time elapsed
2: so that the, from the time when I said yes. Uh that was 2013 November. Okay. 2013.
0: Okay. So a little over 2 years sounds yeah. like. Okay. And then side question just clarifying from your mom finding you. She found you on the streets in Columbus? Yeah. Yeah. She's like Columbus around. isn't isn't Centerbury. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like just to find yeah. your son on the streets in Columbus is a- absolutely by the providence of God cuz yeah. what are the chances that you was she driving around? Did she get out and start walking?
2: She was just driving around. It, it really was the hand of God. Oh, my in word. The, wow. Yeah. Okay, so Teen Challenge. So I go to Teen Challenge. Um, I got a Bible. I've got all my possessions that can fit in a backpack because I was homeless and had nothing. And so I get to the doors of Teen Challenge, and I remember looking at the Bible, and I just said, Lord, if you can save me, if you can help me,
1: mm-hmm.
2: please show me. Please show me. And so when I went in there, I went in there with really good soil in my heart. I I started reading the Bible uh, from front to back and just literally (laughs) trying to apply it, trying to understand it, really hungry for it. And about three days when I'm in Teen Challenge, I go into the prayer room and uh, there's some worship music playing on uh, a radio and I'm in there and I'll never forget, God just showed up and he completely changed my heart. Mm. It was like my heart melted. It was like he ripped out that, that stony heart that loves sin. and He replaced it with a heart that loves him. I finally, for the very first time, understood the gospel and what it means that Christ died for me. Mm. Uh, before that, when people would say Christ died for me, I'm like, yeah, okay, so oh, what? Right. But this time it was real and I understood it. And it made sense to me. And it was just this divine revelation. Just the blinders from my eyes, the scales from my eyes were removed. And uh, I went through a a very long, thorough repentance Mm. process of just really weeping over my sin that that I had sinned against a holy God. And it was in that moment that he just did this supernatural work of salvation in my life.
1: I think so many times we discredit uh, repentance in our in conversion first of all and even in our own walk that we should definitely be deeply grieved over our sin and in the midst of surrendering to Christ that should be a weighty thing and in the midst of living for Christ and with Christ so that our this repentance this weight contrition over sin that often we don't see and, and hard, we hardly practice
0: wow <clears throat> praise God for all of that what did the the program at teen challenge look like if there was like a daily routine what were some of the things that they did to help get you from that point of entering in with some sound like some fertile soil yeah. to you know what i sound like there's a lot of bible reading but to the point where i'm ready to give my and obviously that can't be a work of man it's a work of god but what were some things that Teen challenge did to help facilitate that process
2: yes absolutely so teen challenge uh in cincinnati Is anywhere from seven months to a year long program, so it is long term. Uh, There's other guys there. Uh, I think when I got there, there was about 11 10 guys. Uh, A daily schedule or routine Um, you wake up, uh, we go through proverbs every day in the morning, Uh, we eat breakfast, drink some coffee. Uh, Each day would look different, but basically involved work. Um, They like manual labor, manual labor, um, and then they there was uh, spiritual work of Bible reading and writing about what you're reading about, uh, Christian books, uh, prayer meetings. Uh, there were people who would come in and speak and share the gospel or share share their testimony with us. They would take us to different churches in the evening. Um, we would attend worship events. Uh, so it was a wide variety of just kind of a culture mm-hmm. of what it looks like, just to to follow Jesus and to worship Him and to to cultivate a, a daily relationship with His Word.
0: Wow!
1: So deep community. Yeah. You know, as you as you work through these struggles, lots of just uh, intentional contact, lots of hours. Yeah.
0: That's about about how how much would you say you were in the Word on a on a daily basis on average?
2: Uh, hours. Okay. Yeah. Hours. Um. Anywhere from two to four hours. Yeah. In the word. Yeah. Thanks yeah, God for that. Yeah. Especially starting off. Um, yeah. There's a lot of time just to to be alone with God and to cultivate that love relationship with Him.
1: Yeah. Cool.
0: Would you say that you saw a lot of turnover with guys who would come in? How How many would actually make it through the program?
2: Yes. Uh. I I couldn't give you an exact ratio, okay. but the turnover rate is is a lot. Yeah. yeah, a lot of guys come in, um, and normally the the turnover will happen within the first few weeks okay. that they're there. Yeah. yeah, and and
0: obviously we want to give all credit to God for what He did in your life. So when I ask you this question, I'm not trying to say what did you, Jimmy, do to do this. Like we obviously, without it being said, Rob's but we do need to say God's it. God's glory. Come yeah, out, exactly. <laughs> what the heck? But what was the difference? Like what when you got through when you got there initially, within those first few weeks, were you thinking I'm out, or were you thinking? I'm doing this. What was the difference? Yeah,
2: the difference. Uh, two things. Okay. Um. The the first thing I I would say is the difference is I recognized my need for God, uh, whereas some of the men coming in they just weren't there yet. Mm-hmm. They didn't see their need. Uh, the other part of it is uh, I. It's really the same thing, but but knowing that nothing else could change my sin nature, nothing else could change this this twisted thinking this this hard heart that that wants to sin and uh i knew that uh and i think god was revealing that to me and uh re- really was god god giving me revelation uh slowly um just unveiling himself mm. um and showing me who i really was and my need for him yeah
0: mm. now i want to get to uh your ministry but before we do when when you got so you you finished Teen Challenge. Were you there seven months? Were you there a year? Uh, seven months. Seven months? Yeah. Okay. From from there until now, what happened? What elapsed? Yeah.
2: So I graduated, uh, I believe it was June 2014. Uh, left there and I went back home, which uh, the whole staff was like, don't go back home. That's, you know, yeah. that's not what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to go back to your hometown just because um, you get a lot of old friends. Yeah. They yeah. try to reel you back in. Uh, but I knew that's where God wanted me to go so i I came back up here uh, moved in with my parents uh, got plugged into a church um for the first month I was home. I didn't work at all. I just knew that i I need a community I need mm-hmm. a strong community uh from there i I picked up a few different jobs started working uh started to go, going to school um and uh God just gave me a a huge heart for uh the attics in Mount Vernon uh where mm-hmm. i currently, currently live. And, uh, so from, from there, uh, I've just been, uh, I got married <laughs> last, last that. year. Uh, yeah. so it's, it's been a journey. It's been a, a slow progression and the Lord's still, uh, working on me <laughs> in yeah. many different ways, but I, but I truly give him all the glory and all the praise for, for removing that DNA in me of, of wanting drugs, yeah. uh, that desire has been removed um, really supernaturally by him. Uh, so it's been it, it's been a journey
0: honestly. yeah, absolutely. Before we hop into your current ministry project, is there anything else that you want to share? I don't want to cut you off short.
1: Yeah I just add to that the city of Mount Vernon you know it's not huge 17,000 people but we have a real drug problem. Um, part of that is just we're in the Midwest. we're on uh, three stay about three corridor. just a lot of drug tra- drug trafficking stuff. But you have talked about, as you kind of get into Lazarus, Lazarus Life Ministries, talk about this, but the way that the society says we deal with the problem of drugs and addicts is very different than what Scripture says. And, and we think, hey, yeah, we'll just get them sober, and then they'll be happy. But that doesn't quite do it, and there's a reason for that. There's a brokenness, and we know it. it's a sin nature right? You're craving, you're always trying to put a God there, and if the God isn't drugs, it's self, it's some other self thing, and it has to be killed, removed, and Christ put on the throne. That's his work to do. Uh, But talk a a little bit about kind of even the pushback you get from, even from some some churches and and Christians who say, no, like, clinically, if we can figure this out, we'll, we'll kind of create the right equation and solve this problem. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's a, a few things I run into. Um, the The first one is is people want to label drug addiction as a chronic genetic disease that you will always have. Um, and that's a common thought here. Uh, so that's one thing I, I, I run into a lot. And even, even when I share my testimony at churches, people will come up to me afterwards and they, they say, I'm sorry that you'll be an addict the rest of your life. And I, I look at them. People and say, actually come up to you and say that. Yeah. And I say, I say, no, I'm like, did you hear my testimony? I'm not. Yeah. Like, I'm free in Christ. I still have temptations. I still have struggles. You still in the flesh. I still have the <laughs> yeah. flesh, but but I've been set free from the power of sin and the penalty of sin. Uh, the other thing I run into a lot is uh, the attitude that addicts, the, their main goal is sobriety, as you were, as you were saying. And mm-hmm. to do that, you have to almost tell people to just John Wayne it, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But the issue with that is that I always use the verse what profit is it if you gain the whole world and lose your soul. And so, you know, I always say, what profit is it if you get sober, you have a good job, you get a good family, you get a good house, but you still want drugs all day long. Mm-hmm. You're abstaining from the things that you love. Mm-hmm. And so what needs to happen is is something supernatural needs to occur in your heart. Something needs to literally remove the sin nature and replace it with new life, and the only solution, as we know, is is Christ. Christ yeah. is the answer. Yeah. He's the only one that can do that.
1: So, and that's what Lazarus Life Ministries is trying to be about.
2: Yes, yes. Hence the name Lazarus Life. Yep. Yeah. Um, Jesus. That's the name of your yes, of your ministry. Yes, Lazarus Life. It um, can make checks payable. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> no, but but that's what it's based off of. Is we believe as a ministry that. Only God can do the supernatural work, that only Christ is the answer to the drug epidemic. Um, we we don't sobriety is there is, uh, you know, celebration in sobriety, Mm -hmm. but it's just a a stepping stone, it's It's, just the start, it's
1: a byproduct of your yes, regeneration and life in Christ,
2: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And the intentionality is that they have to be in community, strict community in a sense, yeah, and and kind of held together to help see that see that as you said see their sin see their wickedness for what it is see Christ as a Savior and accept his salvation the Lordship salvation
2: right yeah yeah absolutely it's it's Lazarus life is just a tool mm-hmm. and I believe it's God's vision and all yeah. that that Lazarus life is doing is creating a space for that yeah so we're just creating the structure um, we, we are pointing people to Christ and what we want to do is when we evangelize to addicts and say, hey, we have the solution, here's the gospel, here's, what, here's who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, and they look at us and they say yes, that we can then look back at them and say, okay, come.
0: Yeah.
1: Give the breakdown a little bit. Like, what's Lazarus' life look like? What are we yeah, someone into? comes to Lazarus' life. Yeah. It's, it's, what, are, what are some of the processes they're going to go thing. through? Yeah,
2: yeah. so we're, we're not quite fully established mm-hmm. yet. Uh, but the big picture, the, the vision, is to have a fully staffed house mm-hmm. where men would, uh, they'd, they'd first be interviewed, and we want to make sure that there's good soil there. Um, we want to make sure that they're willing to call upon the name of Jesus. Uh, we would then bring them in, and they would commit to be there long-term, um, seven months to a year. And through that process, there would be three different phases. Phase one is trying to, to just experience Christ, to, to cultivate a relationship with Jesus, um, to, to get that, that supernatural transaction uh, to happen in phase one. Phase two, then, uh, we really begin to disciple them. Uh, and, and and teach them and bring mentors to walk alongside them in this love relationship to get them independently dependent upon the Lord. Right. And then phase three, um, we're going to give them more responsibilities. Uh, we kind of pull back on, on some of the structure, and we want them to then engage in ministry, start putting into practice what they learned, uh, possibly sow back into the ministry. Um, but that's kind of the general mm-hmm. uh, vision of Lazarus.
1: Yeah, so you, you're looking... Right now, for men residential full time um you guys have a board of directors, you guys are working on your incorporation, all that stuff, and soon you're hoping i mean you have your business plan and begin to to acquire resources, get a house get staff, and you're kind of on that close to that teetering point of things really picking up yeah uh, so I mean that's really exciting because we even just being from Mount Vernon there's so many cool ministries that are happening. People are trying to to reach that demographic, that community, but what they're offering them is, you know, here's a good conversation, and here's some clothes, and here's the Gospel of John, and here's a service you can go to, and, and this is what I, I love about what you guys are doing is is when everyone says they want Jesus and they want to change, and so what you then can say is, all right, are you literally pick up what you what you own, your belongings. And we're going like, I'll be back in an hour to pick you up. And if they're willing, that's a huge commitment. But if they're willing to, there's nothing here for me. It's right away. Because what happens for a lot of people is they get into this cycle of of ministry with addicts thinking, if I just give them enough resources, if they just had enough money, or they just had someone who believed in them. Now, those things all need to happen. However, there has to be this radical intervention where they're taken kind of out of that context out of the the, the the places they're running around, people they're with, and kind of pulled out. And that's what you guys are offering them. Yes. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. It's it's pulling them completely out of that lifestyle. And a lot of the times we we share the gospel with them mm-hmm. and then they, they say, Yes, yeah. I, I, I respond to that. But then they're going back home to to where they're living with four other addicts who are all shooting up dope. Right. And and they just can't practically speaking get out of it. And so we would yeah. we'd offer full time Care and help yeah. to help them cultivate this relationship, their confession of faith, and to help them grow in that, and to become mature in that, and to mm-hmm. become stable, strong, mature Christians that can then enter back into the world mm-hmm. and say no to ungodliness because uh, because of their love for Christ. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, and and that that last thing you said is the key. It's because of their love for Christ mm-hmm. that they they push away drugs and say, "I have something better yes. than drugs. I have something better than." A salary, or oh, you know, wife and kids—it's it's Christ. Yeah, That's I mean awesome. the change of affections. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. that
0: you're—I mean, you can you can we were just saying earlier you can be sober and still your affections could be for alcohol. Yeah. You could be clean and your affections could still be for drugs or for but women, yeah, women, whatever know, it whatever is, whatever it is. But to foster that environment where discipleship can happen, where you can create that space for the Lord mm-hmm. to do what the Lord does, and then give them that opportunity to to have their affections be changed then you can feel confident sending them back out knowing that they're not doing it just so they can keep up their streak of sobriety or they're not doing it Mm -hmm. just they can keep up this streak of being drug free they're they're doing it out of a love for their savior who saved Mm -hmm. them and ransomed them out of what they were previously in i love that yeah
1: yeah Yeah, very different things that's awesome jimmy thank you for sharing your story and um just what, what God has done in your life, and, and it's easy to point, like, man, that's a radical testimony. That's awesome, and it is, and it's radical. It's from death to life, and it's the same thing he has done with every single person. The problem is we think, oh, this person's so far gone. There's, Jimmy was just as lost as Rob and I, and, and didn't, I never got hooked on drugs. I've never done drugs, but I, I was just as sinful and wicked, and just as much of a need of a Savior. And that's the work that Christ has done. And so in that, we can rejoice together because we're just as dead, brought to life. And we, we celebrate our love and our affection for Christ. So we thank you for sharing. Yeah, real if quick, people,
0: real quick. Oh, Well, you might be going where I'm going. But so let's say there's somebody in Columbus listening. In, in Cincinnati, they heard about Team Challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say someone in Columbus is listening and they know somebody who is in that situation and they want to get them to a ministry similar to Teen Challenge. Are there any in Columbus that you would recommend?
2: Yes. Uh, the refuge. Okay. I've um, actually heard of that. I've, yeah. I've, I've been there. Yeah. 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 So the, the founder and owner I know very well. Um, and he's working with me to help establish Lazarus here in Mount Vernon. Wow, uh, so I've been God. meeting with him over a year. Uh, the refuge is a wonderful, great ministry. It's phenomenal. And God is there. He's working there and he's just completely changing lives. It is a free ministry. Um, that you can go to. They have orientation on Mondays. I'm not sure what time. It's sometime in the evening. But you can go to therefugeohio.com, and uh, at orientation they will only pick a select few uh, to enter their ministry. Uh, but I would highly recommend going there. If not, um, depending on on resources, uh, Teen Challenge is uh, there's a few in Ohio. I would look look at those as a possible option.
0: Okay. Do you have any idea? It sounds like that those cost money. Do you have any idea? Uh, the teen Challenge
2: range? does. They differ depending okay. on which Teen Challenge. I know the one in, in Cincinnati that I went to does cost money, um, but other ones, uh, you can either find a church to sponsor you um, if they're willing, or uh, sometimes uh, you can get in for free, but when you work later on in the ministry, that, that money pays for your your cost's yeah. there.
0: Yep, yep. Now, is Team Challenge only for teens?
2: No, it's kind of a misleading name. Okay. No, it's not just for teens. Uh, David Wilkerson started it out of New York, but um, it's it's for, for all ages um, as far as I'm aware.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. great. And then in approximate timeline for Lazarus? As w- soon as our
1: listeners give money. <laughs> okay, you, is that where you're about to go? <laughs> so if no, the listeners so do want to support are, this, how, looking- how would they... Or Jimmy's looking at some funding and how, how to resource that. Um, but, yeah, so my question for you is um, if people want to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do that? I mean, I'm not sure if you guys have a website up and running yet. Um, what's, how do people contact you? Yeah. Social media or what?
2: Go to our, um, go to our website. It's mm-hmm. LazarusLife.org. Uh, it, on there you can contact us on there you can donate we're working on the donation uh, button right now so it's kind of it, it's coming soon yeah. hopefully it'll be established within the next week or two uh, but my email's on there uh, you can email me there um, you can subscribe um, but th- that is the best way to contact us if you're interested if you want to hear more about or if you're interested in giving however however you, you feel cool. led
1: yeah cool
0: I'm looking awesome. at the website right now I like it
1: yeah well um, I just, again, appreciate you sharing your heart and sharing what Christ has done in you, and that's the message of the gospel, and that's what we carry out. Not the message that you can get what you want or you can just be happy, but the message that you are dead, you need a Savior. Christ is that Savior, and he will transform your life. Um. So that's it. Uh, Jimmy, again, Jimmy is planting a church with us here in Mount Vernon. he's a licensed Christian missionary Alliance pastor and uh, excited about what God's doing in his life that we can partner with him in that and that he's partnering in this church plant um, Jimmy has a real heart for discipleship and that this is going to be um, a huge piece of what we as we look at church planting but as we look at the, the church and and, and Rob we have talked about church planting discipleship that relational contact Pouring into one another is, is just huge. It's paramount, and we're excited about that and excited about what Lazarus Life Ministries is going to look like here in hopefully the near future.
0: Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, thank you again, man. What an amazing story. Praise God for everything that he's done in your life, and all the things he's going to be continuing to do in your life. Guys, we obviously couldn't ask Jimmy all the questions that mm-hmm. may be out there, but again, if you do want to get in touch with Jimmy, you could always go on to that Lazarus website, um, again, that's LazarusLife.org. I'm looking at the website now. It looks really good. Jimmy, is there any way for them to get in touch with you if they just have any other questions, maybe not pertaining to Lazarus Life? Do you have social media, Twitter, Facebook? Are you on any of those?
1: Insta? Snap?
2: Yes, I am on Facebook. Um, if you do Facebook.com um, slash uh, Lazarus Vision, that's our Facebook page for the ministry. Okay. Um, but you can find me. Um, just type in Jimmy Alexander. If you put Mount Vernon, Centerberg, I should okay. come up.
1: You have a uh, Mohawk in your picture? <laughs> kind of. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> not, not quite.
2: Okay. Not quite. Nice. Uh, but if you can find me on Facebook, um, please do. Please add me uh, and message me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that would be great. I would be thrilled. Great. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, thank you. And this has been a great episode. Um, as always, you can Google Simple Theology. You can go to our website, simpletheology.org. We're also on Facebook and um, Twitter. As always, you can support us through Patreon. That's a great way that some people support our. Our podcast we're very grateful for the listeners for yeah those thank who you support, guys and uh, just appreciate you guys so much so uh this is the 50th episode big
0: five-oh boom baby. next mm. one's 51 you should be honored jimmy
1: this thank you guys you. thank you, you. <laughs> hey thanks guys all right Talk peace later. out
0: y'all bye